Hello and welcome to Easy Aces from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. Oh, after a month's honeymoon, Jane's 19-year-old niece Betty suddenly returned last night to the Aces' home alone. She asked if her room was still there and retired at once. Not a word about her young husband, Carl Neff. He's the nephew of Mr. Ace's wealthy business partner. This episode takes place the next morning in several alternating scenes between Betty's room in the Ace's bungalow and Mr. Ace's office. But first to Betty's room. Jane enters with a breakfast tray. Listen. Well, sleepyhead, you finally woke up, didn't you? The ragman certainly made you sleep last night. Look what I brought you. Breakfast in bed. My, aren't we putting on the red? Now, sit up. That's it. I put this tray right across here like this. There. Now, see what I brought you? Orange juice, strangled eggs, hot toast, jam, and coffee. How's that, nice? That's it. The orange juice first. Uh, take your time. I'll just sit here on the bed till you finish. You know it's half past ten? Your Uncle Ace and Marge left about half past eight. I was afraid they'd wake you up. They were making so much noise and asking so many questions, you know. Your Uncle Ace was terribly grouchy this morning. We could have gotten into an awful argument if I'd have let him. But I learned how not too long ago when we first got married. Oh, go on in, Daddy. Don't stop. That's it. Yes, I learned long ago that a husband and wife can have little arguments almost any time of the day, especially in the morning. But the best thing to do is not to say anything. I shut up like a clamp, like I did this morning. I just didn't say anything. I just gave him his coffee. And it has to be good coffee, because bad coffee can be ground for divorce. You get it? Coffee ground. <laughs> oh, I guess you don't get it. Oh, well, are those eggs soft enough, Betty? No, go on and say it, Aunt Jane. Ask me. I did. Are those eggs soft enough? No, let's get it over with. Why don't you ask me what I'm doing here, alone? Why don't you ask me what happened? Oh, well, that reminds me. I knew there was something I wanted to ask you. What happened between you and Carl? Oh, Aunt Jane, stop your acting. I'm no child. I can see it in your eyes. I could see it last night in Uncle Ace's face. Maud, dying of curiosity. The three of you ready to pounce on me. It's as plain as the nose on your face. Now, Betty, we can't all be beautiful. Now, don't get Well, I'll don't... tell you what's happened. It's all off, you understand? I never want to see him again. No man can talk to me the way he did. I'm only glad I found out soon as I did. Now I'm free and I'm happy and I never want to speak to him again. Oh, and I'm so miserable. Betty, make up your mind. It is made up. It's all over. Now, Betty, let's stop batting around the bush. Why don't you want to see him again? Why don't you want to speak to him? Because he had the effrontery to accuse me of having married him for his uncle's money. Because I bought that mink coat you so admired last night with the money his uncle insisted I'd take for a wedding present. He says we shouldn't touch a cent of it. And now his uncle wants us to come and live with him in, the, in that big, beautiful home of his. But that stubborn, hot-headed husband of mine wants us to struggle along in some two-by-four apartment, living a hand-to-mouth existence. I'd be the last one to complain about a hand-to-mouth existence if it were necessary. But as long as it isn't, why should we? I hate him. Now, Betty, let's have a nice, long, hand-to-mouth talk. Now, you know you don't hate him, and I know you don't do. I do hate him. You'd have heard the way he talked to me, Aunt Jane. Yes, yes, I know. But you don't know. You'd have thought I was a criminal. 
It's because I want to take part of the $5,000 that his uncle had given me that time as a bride. You remember? Oh, yes. When I thought he said for a bride. Yes. Mm-hmm. I took part of that and bought that coat with the mink hat to match. I wanted to wear it home when I visited mother and father. Just to make them proud of Carl. It wasn't so much for myself. It was for Carl. Well, does it fit in? No, not to wear. To show them Carl in a nice, fine light. Well, you should have heard him berate me. The things he said to me. In front of them? Oh, no, he just waited. He waited till we left. He just soaked through our visit. But I could see he was burning. And every time Mother commented on my outfit, I could see him squirm. He was just saving it all up to tell it to me all at once. And when I said I thought we ought to accept his uncle's invitation to come and live with him, then he really let me have it. The coat? The co- No. I mean, he said the most awful things to me. He accused me of marrying him for the money his uncle's going to leave him. Me, Aunt Jane. Me. I heard you, Betty. After what I went through to marry him, the humiliation of having his uncle accuse me of being a gold digger. He didn't say then that I married him for any money. Oh, no. But how was I to know he changed in four short weeks? You see, Aunt Jane, it all started the day we left here on our honeymoon. The day Uncle met gave me that. Well, Carl, come in. Glad to see you. Good morning. How are you? I kind of thought you'd be dropping around sometime today. That's more than I thought. This is the last place I thought I'd ever come to. I don't see how you could have expected me. Oh, just a hunch, I guess. Sit down. You're looking pretty well. You have a nice trip? That's a sort of ridiculous question, isn't it? Oh, yes. I guess it is. It's sad. A fellow usually does have a nice trip on his honeymoon. Oh, let's cut out the kindergarten talk and get down to facts. Well, I'm for that. What are the facts? I just want to get my side of the story in, as long as you've heard the other side. Well, that's just it. I haven't heard any side. Don't tell me she didn't come crying to your house last night. Well, yeah, she did come home last night. She wasn't crying. She didn't say anything. She just went to her room and locked herself in. She was still asleep when I left there this morning. Sleep? That's more than I did last night. I've been walking the streets all night. You mean you didn't go to your... Doesn't your uncle know your bag? No. He does. Oh, I... See, you want this patched up before he finds out, is that it? There'll be no patching up, I can tell you that. Oh, now, you don't mean that. Don't I, though? If she thinks now, that I'm... Now, gonna... wait a minute. Why don't you start at the beginning? What happened? Well, you, you know, she went around here for weeks insisting she didn't want to send him my uncle's money. But she and I would start together from nothing. Well, I thought you meant it. How was I to know the minute we were married she'd start counting my uncle's money? She what? Well, practically, she did everything but ask me how old he was and how long I thought he'd last. Oh, now, you're exaggerating, Keith. Well, the first thing out of the box she did was to cash that check he gave her as a bride. You remember? Oh, yes, that check. I yes. told her we should send it back to him, but she said he insisted to keep it. Then she said we'd talk about it later. Well, about a week ago, we decided to visit her folks. That's when I found out her real attitude. That's when she said she had to have a mink coat. Well, I can't afford mink coats, and I told her so. That's when she pulled that check out, and she cashed it and bought this ritzy outfit. Just to show her folks what a cat she's made. Well, you know how girls are. It's... I didn't think Betty was that kind. Oh, they're all alike. Well, you're my age. You're she gonna... certainly was not that kind before I married her. She still had me fooled. And the back talk she gave me, the thing she said to me. I tried to remind her of the plans we'd made to, to work together and to make the great alone. I, I tried to be reasonable with her. But her mind was so set on showing off and making an impression on her mother and father that I couldn't get a word. Oh, Jen, I tried to reason with him. I told him that his uncle had written me and asked me to keep the money as a token of his forgiveness and blessing. But he couldn't hear me. He was so busy thinking up new things to call me and berate me. 
and one word led to another. Before I knew it, we were totally strangers. Oh, there, there now, Betty. Don't cry into your egg. He didn't mean it. He did so. Buying the coat was bad enough. But you should have heard him when I said his uncle wanted us to move into that big house with him. It is a big house. And his uncle's lonesome there. What harm is there moving in with him? Why cramp ourselves up in a tiny apartment somewhere when it's not necessary? Well, Betty, I guess maybe he likes to feel that he's the boss. You don't know how men are. After all, you're so young. Now when you get to be my age, not that I'm so old, you understand, but you have to know how to handle men. Now you take your uncle. I can twist him around my little finger. Oh, and Jane, you know better than that. Well, my thumb, anyhow. Now you take when we first got married. I thought we were going to have a big, beautiful home with a final staircase and a butler, but then he lost all his money in the crash in the stockyards, and we had to move into a tiny little apartment. But I didn't care. I always say, be it ever so hubble, there's no place like home. Yes, I know, Aunt Jane, but in your case, it was different. You had to economize. This isn't a case of have to. I try to tell him that. Try to make him stop shouting long enough to listen to what I'm saying. Not him. Not a chance in the world to get a word in any. She wouldn't listen to me. Her mind was made up. That was all there was to it. Not only did she insult me by buying that coat, but when she sprang the news on me about moving in with my uncle, well, that was the last straw. Yes, that was ghastly. I should say... Oh, uh, you're just being sarcastic. No, no, I'm just agreeing with you. Yes, uh, you are. I can see what side you're on. Oh, no, no, I'm not going to take sides. I think it can be worked out very sensibly. Sensibly? <laughs> with her? Just try it. Well, I will. Well, you won't have any luck. Didn't I try it? I pleaded with her. Now, look, Betty, I said, don't you remember all the beautiful plans we've made? What plans? She kept hollering. So I said, now, now, Betty, let's talk this over calmly. And she said, I can't be calm when I see what a stubborn fool you are. So, so I said, but, Betty, I'm not being stubborn. I only want to remind you that she said we were going to start out together alone without any help. And she said, you see how stubborn you are? You won't listen to me, she said. And I said, now, Carl, let's be sensible about this. Your uncle wants us. He wants us to be near him. And he said, You never were that thoughtful of my uncle before we were married. Loud, huh? So I said, But Carl, I never knew then that he was going to forgive us. Soft, huh? I tried to show him as calmly as I could, and as quietly as I could, that we were really doing his uncle a favor by moving in. And by buying the mink coat, he would make his uncle happy. So he said, How about making me happy? Loud, huh? So I said, I'm fine, Carl. And he said, No, or not. Soft and loud, huh? Well, it was then that I saw for the first time what a mistake I had made. I couldn't wait to get back home. I'll never forget that train ride home yesterday. All day without saying a word to each other. I could see how he hated me. I was never so miserable in all my life. Oh, now, now, Betty. We can fix everything up. Not with him, you can't. I don't want to see him again. Yes, I know. He's the most terrible fellow you ever met. He certainly... Are you trying to be sarcastic, Aunt Jane? Just joking. Oh, I see. You're going to be on his side, is that it? No, I'm not on anybody's side. Not even on mine? After the terrible things he said to me? Oh, he didn't mean them. Everybody says terrible things to somebody when they're mad. If I had a nickel for all the terrible things your uncle said to me, I'd have a a quarter, I bet. Well, he shouldn't have stood for anything like that. Oh, I don't mind it. I know he's mad. Now, you wait until you get over this. Why, you'll be laughing at all this someday. I'll never laugh again. Oh, yes, you will. I felt like you did once. 
I remember the day your uncle proposed to me. He said, I want to pop the question. And I said, first you'll have to question my pop. <laughs> oh, Jane, you didn't. <laughs> I did. See, you're laughing already. Now, you just wait and see. Well, at long last, we have both sides of this sad, sad love story. Just how Jane goes about patching things up, we learn when next we meet the easy aces. 